0: This is an area code podcast. You know, it's kind of a shame that I never want to go back to Montreal like ever again. I thought it was really cute. Yeah, I think I'll go back like in a few years probably. Mm-hmm. I want to go back.
1: We're going to be the only people we know who've gone through something like this.
0: No, Dory, um, no. I mean, for all we know, most of our friends could have done this. You know, most people are private about taboos like this as in our culture. I have to admit there's something unfair about all this. It's like, why us?
2: Yeah, but you know what I mean? no, because it's bonding in a sense, right? Right, guys were,
1: like, bonded.
0: Uh, not really.
1: Can you believe Chantal? I mean, there is something deeply, deeply disturbed about this Yeah, problem.
0: thank you for saying that. Thank you so much for saying that. Because I feel like as a woman it made me so angry because it's not okay to lie about abuse. Oh my god, I would never lie about abuse. And I lied about cancer. I
1: know, yeah. I know. I mean, it's kind of like the worst thing you could do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, you guys, I just have to say, I have a really good feeling that everything's gonna be okay. Like, thinking back on it, we did such a sophisticated job covering this up. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Everything's gonna be okay. You know why? Because we're good people. We're good people. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And you know, that that's the way that we should look at it, you know? It, is that we are good people who are subjected to a, a really unfortunate situation. And that's all.
0: Hi, I'm Richard Clark
1: and I'm Bethany Perkins.
0: We love pop culture
1: and we love the Enneagram.
0: We are obsessed.
1: That's why we're hosting a podcast where we can get it all out of our system.
0: This is No Chill Enneagram Watch Party.
1: A safe space for Enneagram and pop culture fanatics.
0: And a pretty great idea for a podcast. everybody you're listening to no chill enneagram watch party
1: watch party
0: i'm here as usual with bethany perkins hey bethany hi i went to target again today and wandered around and didn't buy anything
1: what the heck why don't you buy anything i'm like so disappointed in you why i am
0: too why you know bethany i think the only thing that makes me happy is food (laughs) Okay. And the thing happens when I buy food where it's like I get a look from Jennifer. Even if I'm paying with my own money, I get like a look. And I don't oh feel gosh. like the look. It like ruins the, all the joy out of it.
1: Come on, Jennifer. This is one, one and only joy in life.
0: <laughs> it's just like crappy food. All right. We are going to talk about a little show called... What Search party. (laughs) (laughs) That's confusing.
1: (laughs) No chill Enneagram watch
0: party search party. No chill Enneagram search party. Um, We're going to talk about Search Party, which is a show you can watch on HBO Max, everyone's second favorite streaming service. No.
1: Absolutely not second favorite. Third? Fourth, I would say.
0: Okay. I'm I'm going.
1: well, it may be people's favorite, but it's not the most popular.
0: Correct. Netflix,
1: yes. Hulu, and Amazon Prime are the most popular. Yeah, but who
0: loves Amazon Prime? Oh, Zero yeah, people. that's true. <laughs> it's <laughs> trash. That's true. I
1: just like have it because I keep paying for Amazon. Prime. You are forced to have it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I do watch things on. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, let's say third. Second
0: favorite. favorite streaming service. <laughs> um, we, so it started on TBS, that show, Search Party, started oh. on TBS and got pulled over into HBO Max. And that was season three and now mm-hmm. season four. Bethany, we haven't talked about this beforehand, but we should establish for us and the listeners, are we going to be talking about seasons one through three? Or are we going to be talking about what we've watched so far of season four? And also, have you watched any season I haven't any watched season any four. season four, okay. so
1: it's just going to be one through three.
0: We also haven't talked about this. We may or may not revisit Search Party after season four. Yeah. Depending on two factors. One is how much it changes the calculus, and two is how much people give a crap about the show at Mm -hmm. the end of season four. (laughs) I think it's a big question. I feel
1: like this is not a wildly popular show.
0: Yeah. But I will say, like, everyone needs to run out and watch this show. It's freaking great, you know? Yeah,
1: it, I don't think I love it as much as you do, but I got really into it and I binged it and it, it was perfect binging material when I needed to. It really is. Completely shut out all of life.
0: Yes. It's not exactly what you call escapist. Like, it's dark. Uh,
1: Yeah, it's dark, but I like that.
0: It's kind of like if you listen, if you liked binging cereal or something, you'll Mm -hmm. probably enjoy this.
1: Yeah. It's not a Ted Lasso type binging escapism at all.
0: Yes. All right. What are your nine words, Bethany?
1: Nine words are Dory feels lost, searches for significance through finding friend. And I put air quotes around friend because she's not really a friend. She's <laughs> right. barely an acquaintance. So uh,
0: Chantel would be the friend. And the, the ostensible beginning of Search Party, especially season one, is the search for Chantel. 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 And we're going to be spoiling. Yep. So here we go. After season one, it goes way off those rails and yeah. goes into some other craziness, and I think the reinvention of that show from season to season is the thing that I've been really impressed by that really sets the show apart. Mm-hmm. So I think what you just summarized is a really good summary of season one.
1: Yeah, that's true. So would- I went
0: with the whole... I tried to summarize the whole series, and okay. here's what I have. Okay. Four friends jump down a rabbit hole of denial. That's mine.
1: I was counting them. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed short.
0: (laughs) Four friends jumped down a rabbit hole of denial. Yeah, it's nine. I counted two.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's really good. Yep.
0: Um, This is a show, like, fundamentally about denial. And I think what's scary about it is, like, how relatable it is. So... The big what what this show ostensibly is about is finding a missing girl. What it's mm-hmm. actually about, like in the whole scheme of things, is getting away with murder.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like and and like having having to reckon with what you've done. Or not. Or what do you mean or not? Or, or not, not reckon? Is that what you yeah, mean? Yeah, not reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the Enneagram conversation here is going to be fascinating mm-hmm. because what you have is people obviously in stress the entire series. Yes, like at, at least at least starting in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, season one, it's so interesting. Like to think back on season one. Mm-hmm. Um, I shouldn't have drank iris cream before this show because <laughs> now I have like <laughs> I've junk in my Ew. nasal passages. I know it's disgusting. Season one is really interesting because it, it, it's essentially them at at normal Mm -hmm. at, at sort of baseline level. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I was telling you like in messages, I just think drew is by far like the funniest character in this show. Yeah. And I was thinking primarily in season one, like I find him to be,
1: Oh, I did not. I hated him in season one and I grew to like him and I grew to think he was funny.
0: But the things that you hate about him are so funny to me. Like, Like the playing the, playing the little mandolin and singing about everything that's happening as it's happening, just as a way of deflecting (laughs) anything that is actually happening. Oh, it's that stuff, and he plays that so well. It's just funny. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's way less funny in the next two seasons, and maybe Mm. we'll talk about why. But I feel like he gets like he's pretty grounded, but um, yeah, comparatively to the other. Yeah,
1: and I I said this to you in our. Chat, but, like, I feel like every single character in this show is extremely unlikable, extremely unsympathetic, and they're all just like so extreme, like they're all caricatures mm-hmm. of a real person,
0: but so, did you not relate to them at all? The degree to which I related to them? I found uncomfortable is what I'm trying to say
1: i I don't think I did, huh. I, I, and I didn't find them sympathetic. Well, uh, Portia, I, Portia and Drew, I think I grew to feel sympathy for them.
0: Okay, we're getting into individual character conversation. Yeah. But before we move on to typing characters, Mm -hmm. I do want to ask: like, do you feel like this is a show that is fundamentally about millennials? Yes. Okay.
1: What do you?
0: I think so. I, I mean, it is like, it's clearly about millennials and it, mm-hmm. and it sort of wears that on its sleeve to some degree,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but the boomers like really suck in this show a lot. Oh,
1: they do. Yeah.
0: Like, and the, and when they're brought in, they're like revealed to be just as horrible in just the same ways, a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. the only exception is the lawyer, the prosecutor. Oh yeah. Is yeah. Basically heroic. Mm-hmm. But isn't it so interesting that both lawyers are heroic? Anyway, okay, let's type the characters. <laughs> yes. Let's type the characters in this thing.
1: Is
0: that the one? I can't remember. I don't remember know. In my one.
1: head, that's what it is.
0: But It's not the sax one. It'll
1: sound... No, that's life advice. It'll sound right. really bad if it's not that.
0: I know. Um, there's so much to say wh- wh- when we type these people, but I want to start with start. this. I think everyone is hyper unhealthy in this show. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, there, there's a there's a sense in which that this is a world in which, it's like, what would happen if everyone were just completely unhealthy? Which made me wonder if, They know they're doing that or if they just think they're being realistic to the world. And then it made me wonder if it's the context. Like, is it New York? You know? Yeah. I was listening to a podcast. Oh, uh, if you haven't, have you listened to the Search Party podcast? No. Everyone should listen to the Search Party podcast if they like Search Party. They put it out after season three. And Bowen Yang, who's from SNL, hosts it. And he has like every episode has one person from the show and whether it's creator, co-creator or like an actor. And then one person who's just a celebrity who likes the show and they talk through a theme. So the two Ooh. I've listened to are about denial and trauma and victimhood. Hmm. Um, and it's just really smart and it's really good.
1: I will be listening to that.
0: It's it's really good. Like, the, yeah, it's really good. One of the things they pointed out is that all four of those characters in that friend group come from somewhere else. They're not from New York, yeah. which is inherently like it means they're running from something to some degree. And I couldn't even yeah. verify that statement other than they said it on a podcast with the creator, a co-creator of the show. So it I
1: must remember be true. the other, well, I don't know about Drew either, but definitely Dory and Elliot.
0: So. Definitely Dory and Elliot, mm-hmm. and obviously both Dory and Elliot confront this at certain points in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, you see very clearly what they're running from, mm-hmm. but it just made me think like maybe that's a New York thing. Like people come to New York to run away yeah. from their past, and maybe yeah, they yeah,
1: probably New York, with LA, places like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, let's go down the list. Do we want to save Dory for last, or go- or just? Not, Let's save Dory for last. Yeah. Okay. I think that's smart because, yes. All right. <laughs> Let's start with Drew. hmm I have strong feelings about Drew. Me too. I have strong feelings about everyone but Dory, so.
1: Yeah, Dory's hard. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think?
0: I think Drew's a nine. Yeah, me too. I think it's real obvious. Yes. And... Uh, You know, I mentioned the ukulele playing. Well, he was trying to <laughs> avoid there. He was trying to avoid an argument.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he even has that, like, just stereotypical kind of, like, average to unhealthy nine. Um, Like, he's just kind of, like, half asleep all the time. <laughs> like, he's very low energy. He doesn't oh. show... He doesn't get excited. He doesn't show emotions really. He's just kind of like there, and I
0: yeah. wrote down that Drew. Com- I, just, I just found this in my notes. Drew comforts by giving hugs, ice cream, and advice about gratitude. That <laughs> <I> was like <laughs> one of the first episode episodes. Dory's like losing her mind, frustrated about something, mm-hmm. and he's just he's just trying to tell her to be grateful for yeah, every day yeah, for all the things yeah, she does have. Yeah. And he won't shut up. Like he, The reason he won't shut up is because he wants her to stop feeling bad. Yeah. He just doesn't like that.
1: Yeah. He doesn't make space for that.
0: Yeah. Also, when he broke up with Dory, he mm-hmm. said, <laughs> you and I aren't supposed to be together, and I've known that for a very long time. Yeah. And I was like, that's a nine thing if I've mm-hmm. ever heard one. This, yep. this like, they put up with it for a while. They've known what the thing was, but they wanted to avoid the conflict. And so mm-hmm. they haven't done anything. Yeah. So, okay. Totally. Well, that was easy for Drew.
1: That was easy.
0: How do we feel about Elliot Goss? This one's easy too, right? I think they're all easy, except for Dory.
1: Well, it's harder when I think the more more prominent than his his enneagram number is that he's like a narcissistic sociopath
0: yeah yeah it's true so yeah you're right
1: like the mental illness thing the, yeah. factor personality disorder
0: do you think he is the most unhealthy of the of the i think the answer is obvious I mean, it's I. I mean, yes. let's say for most of the series, obviously yes. Dory takes a turn like in the yeah. middle of season three. Yeah. But for most of the series, it feels to me like Elliot is yeah. really messed up. Oh my gosh! On the podcast, one of those writers said we kind of thought of it like, like when they were all like trying to figure out what to do after they killed Keith. Mm-hmm. And Elliot, you know, has ideas. He has. He has direction. Hmm. And she said, we sort of thought of it like, Elliot might have done something like this before.
1: <laughs> oh, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, because there was a moment when they were thinking, Dory was like, I think it was self-defense. And he talked them out of thinking that. He was yeah. like, oh, really? You want to go tell them that you think it was self-defense, mm-hmm. but you're not really sure? Yeah. Um, and he convinced them to, like, hide it. I yeah. just land
0: on three. Yeah. Only because just lying is his thing. It's like the duplicitousness, the deadly, not that all three's alive, but, but deception Mm -hmm. is like the deadly sin of threes Mm -hmm. and he doesn't know another way to be. He's not even conscious that it's a choice.
1: And success is the absolute most important thing to him. Like that moment at the end of season three, when he's, he's going back home to his family in their backwoods like trailer thing and he's coming back and then he gets the phone call and when he was doing that i was like oh this is great this is a good like character moment for him Mm -hmm. then he gets a phone call that this right-wing conservative lady wants to do a show with him where they just fight each other and he literally (laughs) runs away. Yeah.
0: Well, the most telling thing there is like he's in the middle of a conversation where his mom is literally about to tell him why he is the way he is. Yes!
1: He was like, I'm so broken. What happened to me? (laughs) Why am I this way?
0: And she says there actually is something. Yes! Oh. (laughs) What the heck? A A four could not turn that down. Yeah. A four would need that If only even an unhealthy four would go, oh, this is going to be the thing that defines me for the rest of my life. I'm excited about this. Then he
1: could write a book about that thing. Right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow.
0: Is there any other number he could be? Or are we pretty, I mean, it's, that's the thing is it's hard to imagine any other possibility.
1: Yeah. I don't think anything else.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's talk, um, Portia.
1: Portia. Oh, sweet, sweet Portia. Sweet, insecure, desperate, <laughs> codependent, naive, needy Portia.
0: <laughs> it's. I don't have another option. I'm just gonna sh- say it, Bethany. I think she's a two. I think she's a
1: two. Yeah. Very uh, unhealthy too.
0: She does a lot of. She has a lot of moments where she's concerned about other people, wants them to feel okay wants to feel needed
1: she is yeah she is also very self-absorbed but that's yeah. that's that is an unhealthy to thing hmm. like you're just not as good hmm. at at hiding that
0: and everything is through the prism of relationships in her life like literally everything
1: her mom like she's desperate for her mom's approval oh, and her gosh. mom is super aloof and uh-huh. borderline like abusive to her and and then she gets involved with that weird like cult guy I mean I thought that was a cult the director guy
0: oh the director interesting I think it was just a I mean look there's a lot of cultish leaders out there that aren't ostensibly aren't technically cults but yeah I agree so
1: maybe it's not a cult but he is everything that a cult leader is yes
0: yes correct
1: yeah He's so weird.
0: That whole relationship was really hard to watch. It
1: was. <sighs> but he was playing on all of her
0: mm-hmm.
1: neediness and her insecurities, and he was making her feel loved. Mm-hmm. And that's what she needed. Yeah. Yeah. And she's she was just going from thing to thing, like searching for an identity and a place to belong. Like she became a Christian for a couple episodes.
0: (laughs) Uh Oh my gosh. That was so perfect. Like that's why a two becomes a Christian. Bethany, I want to know how much you related to that. You had to relate a little bit to that. Like,
1: well, not, not because of experience. Uh huh. I didn't have any sort of like altar call moment like she did. Uh huh. But yeah, I mean, it, it's just clear that she she wants to be loved, and the second that someone gives that to her, she's like all in.
0: All well, and in. belonging too, like, mm-hmm. right, like, like I feel like there was there the the turning point for her with Christianity, like was that she realized she could hang out with these people and like they would accept her, mm-hmm. and it was in a moment when she was all alone and
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know I don't know, yeah. Oh, and also she has that thing about being dumb, which I think is interesting. Like, yeah, she hates feeling dumb. I don't know if that plays into her Enneagram number, but it's definitely mm-hmm. a character trait yeah. of hers. And some people yeah, exploit it. Yeah, and
1: she surprised me in moments because she isn't dumb. Mm-hmm. She was really mm-hmm. smart. Yeah. Like that moment when, when she found out that Elliot had been lying about the cancer thing she felt really betrayed by that like dory kind of was just like eh whatever like she did didn't seem to care about that
2: Mm -hmm.
1: portia was really really hurt by that and she she showed him like
0: we uh i i mentioned that i thought drew was the most grounded of the mm-hmm. four, but but as you're talking about Portia, I'm starting to think of her as the most grounded. She is the one who was frustrated by Elliot's cancer lie um, yeah. and and sort of held him, took him to task for it. Mm-hmm. She's also the one who, the only one who testified against Dory.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Which is a really big thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's really big.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to to say that she's the most grounded when we just talked about how she like joined the church for a couple days and then she got involved <laughs> with the director guy and
0: was just like, but that feels like, like normal person searching. Like it's not a total denial of reality, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: it's, it's an interaction with reality. It's like mm-hmm. stumbling through reality. The fact that she's not still in the church or not still with the cult guy
2: mm-hmm.
0: sort of tells you everything you need to know.
2: hmm
0: she keeps going to these people to find fulfillment and being severely disappointed by them Yeah, and consistently ends up landing with her friend group over and over. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess cause they have this thing that they shared together.
1: Yeah. It's, it is kind of baffling. Like you, at the, in the first season, they're not a strong friend group. Like I was kind of hoping for Dory to like break free of all of them. Huh? And like break away from them because it was like Elliot and Portia are just these like vain kind of flighty whatever people. And Drew, I didn't think he was a good boyfriend. So I wanted (laughs) Dory to just ditch them all. But then, then they. Do you think they would have been friends
0: if they hadn't killed someone together?
1: No. No. I don't think so because I think they, having gone with Dory to go up and find Chantal and it it turned out to be this massively stupid thing that Chantal ran away, I think they would have been like, okay, Dory, like we are done with this. This is stupid.
0: I want to branch out beyond the Finn group because I find these characters so interesting. Mm -hmm. Chantal.
1: Oh, I hate her.
0: <laughs> she is very, she's a rough character, man. She I, is. That's one of those characters you feel bad for the person playing them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? It's just rough.
1: Yeah. She's horrible. She's extremely <laughs> self-involved. She is dumb. Like, Porsche's not dumb. Chantal is dumb. Well, the
0: thing about those four people is they're bad people, but they have potential. Mm-hmm. And Chantal's, Chantal's potential is not clear to me. No. She just seems like a tragic character.
1: Yeah. I want to say, like, I don't know, like
0: four? Oh, I never thought about that. I was thinking like a nine, but that's all I could think of, and I wasn't convinced. I could see four
1: I mean she is drama. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. It's all yeah. drama.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a really good and,
1: point. And oh, when they they're bringing her home and they're like your family's going to be so excited to see you. They, you know, they've been so worried. Nobody yeah. knew if you were alive or what happened to you and she's like Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs>
0: like... <laughs> okay. When you were talking, I was about to say, when she's, she discovers that Dory has been arrested mm-hmm. for killing Keith and it cuts oh, to her yeah. watching TV, yeah. and she says, what, is what this does this mean, mean for, for me? me? <laughs> <laughs> it's so perfect. Yeah. yeah she's a, Okay, Chantal's a four. I'm convinced. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: All right. I want to talk about Julian. I find Julian to be a fascinating Character. One of the things about Julian is Wait, he's who
1: the, is that? <laughs> <laughs> he's not Julian, one that I wrote down. Julian's the guy
0: who exposed the cancer story, Elliot's cancer
1: story. Oh, yeah. Dory's ex.
0: Dory's ex. Yes. Yeah. Um, first, I want to call out, just because I think it's important to call out that Julian is the only black character on this. Show essentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. outside of the lawyer the down lawyer. the road, yeah. But for a long period of time, he's the the only like real character who is black, and um, I wrestled with this. I I think it's a conscious choice hmm. to make those four friends white because, because they're all villains. <laughs> they're entitled, right? Yes. It's a show about entitlement, and
1: privileged. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Um, what complicates that is Elliot being gay. Right. Like that doesn't exactly scream mm-hmm. privilege necessarily, but maybe that's different in New York. I don't know. Certainly mm-hmm. in their friend group, it seems to be <laughs> different um, in, in that it, it seems like they fit in fine. If you're gay in that mm-hmm. friend group and that's part of the joke, but, but they don't really address that with Julian, which is weird. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. Who do we think Julian, what do you think? What type do you think his he is? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say my guess. Go for you it. You can tell me what you think. I think he's a one.
1: I was thinking that,
0: and I think it's kind of obvious. Like he definitely carries himself that way. He's kind of self righteous. I think mm-hmm. he's he comes across as self righteous in comparison yeah. to everyone else. He's about as yeah. self righteous as I think we would be in yeah. those situ- situations. It's all those about
1: people exposing the truth. And yeah. that plot line with him and that political lady that yes. he, were, what was she, a senator or something?
0: Something, yeah. Whatever
1: she was trying to become. I think
0: senator, yeah.
1: That was just wild because he, he is trying to expose the truth. Like, he's trying to get yeah. at the truth. And he knows Chantal mm. lied. And she yeah. did. He's right. And yet, to this hyper-progressive group of people they made him out to be, like, not believing women and, like, yeah. not believing an abuse survivor. <clears throat> and, and he's like, wait, no, that's, that's not what I was trying to do. And, yeah. and then, of course, that senator lady was sexually harassing him.
0: Yeah. That yeah. one-two punch of, like, you have to do what I say on a sexual level and also uh, we hate you now because you told us all the truth. Is mm-hmm. like such a mind F for mm-hmm. a one who his entire life has lived off of these values of like, if you just tell the truth, everything will be fine. And seemed really confident in that. The way he would, he would try, he would like, he didn't see it as a big deal to tell a friend the truth or to tell a t- the truth about his friends. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. He didn't see that as a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just his role in the show is so interesting to me and and a little bit frustrating because I want him to be more involved like I yeah. want him to be uh, maybe he will be I'm really hoping that in season four he comes back around in a big way because mm-hmm. that's the only way to explain his presence
2: yeah. in the
0: show at all as uh, in a you know in a sense
2: mm-hmm.
0: other than like a foil. To Dory as someone in his past, like, to, uh, an, an example of what she's running from, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. is someone to tell her the truth, as opposed to Drew, oh, who just, yeah. like, accepts it and yeah. moves along.
1: doesn't want to rock the boat. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Who's Mark?
0: Oh, Mark uh, is
1: Elliot's fiancé. Fiance. I hated that storyline. I mean... Yeah. That When... <sighs> He Mark is in the grocery store with a new guy that he's seeing, and Elliot comes in and proposes to him on the spot, and then he takes him back. Like, I just hated that so much. I'm
0: I'm 100% with you. It was hard to watch. What was
1: there? Was a context before that that made me even matter? It was like, Elliot, did, did he get his book deal or something?
0: I think it was yet another time where he'd lost everything because of his own Okay. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. He'd lost everything. He hadn't gotten anything. He lost everything. And then he... Yeah, it was just purely motivated out of, like, selfishness. Yeah. It didn't have anything to do with mark he does oh, not yeah, he care went to him. about mark
0: <clears throat> he went to mark and he said i want to love each other again and i want to be the one of those couples that would love each other even if they go to jail for murdering someone <laughs> yeah. so he was angling a little bit i feel like going through all the characters could go on forever is there anyone else we specifically want to talk about
1: we could talk about the lawyer
0: i do want to talk about both lawyers all both three lawyers, lawyers.
1: All three. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the lawyers and then I think that's
0: Louie Anderson character.
1: And then we have to talk about Dory.
0: The Louie Anderson character, what's his name? Anyway, Drew's lawyer. I don't know. I
1: don't know any of the lawyers' names, I don't remember.
0: What a bump on the log that guy is.
1: <laughs> he's so pathetic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's really sad. I almost feel like he's innate weirdly. Like it's counterintuitive, but it feels right to me. He just doesn't care. Like
1: <laughs> he's, gosh, what do I think he is? So he's like given up, but he's not like he bitter and cynical necessarily.
0: Yeah, no, I w- yeah, he's I just kind of
1: like whatever.
0: Yeah, that's why I say he's an Bitter and cynical would be something different, but
1: I don't see he's not particularly like assertive though.
0: He is himself. He just does his thing. Yeah. He doesn't beat around the bush. He -hmm. doesn't care what anyone thinks.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He just does his thing. Also, I have a theory that lawyers are eights. I can't think
1: of anything else that I think he is. So, sure, let's go with that.
0: I'm going to drop the gauntlet and just say the other two are eights, too. That's my opinion.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I'll just all three of the lawyers. Are, definitely yeah. the prosecutor. I definitely yeah. think she's an eight. Um. Yeah. In a very like stereotypical way where she's like a woman and she's like, don't celebrate my birthday. <laughs> and, like,
0: I don't. She said, I don't like appreciation <laughs> until I've earned it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And she's <sighs> just like so blunt and angry, but she also does care about justice. Like. She really did care. Uh, like, she knew that Dory yeah. and them did it. Um, yeah. And she was very angry, and she said that thing about karma to Dory. Like, she was like, you're going to get what you deserve. Mm-hmm. So.
0: I mean, the other one, what's-her-name, could be a, a three. I could see that.
1: I could see that, too. She was so interesting. This is Dory's lawyer now that we're talking about. Yes. She was interesting because when they introduced her, you think she's, like, a joke. She's yeah. she's just this young, rich girl who, like, doesn't even try to, like, be professional. She's just kind of, like, you, you kind of think she's, like, wants to be a lawyer because it's, like, fun or something. Like, uh-huh. she's, like, an Elwoods Woods or something. Mm-hmm. But then I kept being on her side and like she's my
0: man i she love she was her. smart
1: and she was right about what she was saying and yeah. she knew what she was talking about and she knew what she was doing she just lacked i don't know
0: here's my opinion i think what she is is she is a millennial who actually uses her millennial traits as superpowers rather than like flaws mm-hmm. like i think a lot of what she was doing worked Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, like she can relate to people. She can make an argument that you want to listen to,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, yeah. she's confident. Yes. Um, I don't know. I like that confidence that that perf- performative confidence that comes from being yes. on Instagram live too much.
1: Yeah. It's like almost comes off as like just completely not self-aware like yeah. she's not aware of how she's being perceived but maybe she is and she just doesn't care
0: yeah and if she isn't like it almost doesn't matter because mm-hmm. she's doing a good job she is I feel like. yeah yeah Her she vocal was, and fry. she was just
1: funny like she was <laughs> she, just hilarious she's so funny Gosh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so
0: funny all right um who was your favorite character on that show? Who was your hero on that? Not favorite character, but like who was your hero on that show? I think that was mine, but
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I think it was. I think it was Dory's lawyer. What is her name? Yeah. We should figure. But
0: we should figure out her name.
1: Also, Drew became that a bit. I think
0: Cassidy. Her name is Cassidy. Cassidy.
1: Um, yeah, I Drew's mean, Drew, arc is good. Drew's yeah. arc is good. Yeah. I was very much, like, on his side by the end. But he still, I wouldn't call him, like, a hero.
0: Yeah. I mean, he never told the truth mm-hmm. to anyone. Like, yeah. he, he was in a place where he needed to tell the truth. That's yep. what, that would been the next step yes, from I, that night when he yelled at Dory. Mm-hmm. The next thing he does is go to the cops and say, actually,
1: yes, yes, we did it. He, yeah. He
0: it was self-defense. I can explain. But mm-hmm. we did super do it, and it got mm-hmm. way out of hand. Yep. Yeah. Okay, there are other people: April, Gail, Keith. We haven't talked about them, but man, this is going on too long.
1: Yeah, and... let's just let's do Dory. Oh, we haven't done Dory. I was about to move on to the other <laughs> segment. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Dory, the, the woman
1: of the hour.
0: The woman of the hour. I'll introduce this this part by saying when I listened to that podcast, mm-hmm. they talked about Dory as a plot device. They basically said that, we use Dory to get across whatever point we're trying to make
1: okay. at any given time. So that might be why she's so hard.
0: Which to... I, I think does explain a little bit about her, but I do have a theory. I do okay. have a theory. I have two options, one of which I feel more strong about than the other.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: For me, she's either, either a four or a one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think she's a one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'll stop there. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think either... I can see four, six or one,
0: uh-huh. but I yes, think... Yes, 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 yes. Six six was one of my options, too.
1: Yeah, I think, oh, but she changes so much, but maybe let's yeah. just talk, like, season one versus season, like, the, versus the rest. Yeah. In season one, I almost felt like her and Drew were both nines or something.
0: Huh, huh. Um, Interesting.
1: And she latches on to finding Chantal I don't know what what would you say is like her main reason for doing that?
0: I wrote something down about this because okay. um, it's uh, not
1: really about Chantal, but she acts like it is
0: I think you someone says to her, "I think you've decided that this matters to you because you have nothing else, yeah, yeah, and I think you were supposed to take that as the truth.
1: she says a couple things where it's like. Well, just no one cares about her. Like, no one cares about this. No one's trying to find her. Mm-hmm. And she then puts herself in that place. And she's yeah. like, well, no one would care about me if I went missing.
0: She's projecting onto Chantal. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Chantal. Which, quite yeah. a bit. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. She's identifying with her. She's projecting onto her. hmm I mean, Sixes projects. That's yeah. the thing. Sixes project. Yeah. So it could be that.
1: Yeah. Which so I could feel like, I could see her being a six in the first season. I could see her.
0: What? <laughs> no, I'm just laughing at the the, the different season.
1: I, well, she different just number, changes. By the yeah. end of it, I hate her. I think she's evil. You and don't see it
0: as just a, a an intense disintegration.
1: I suppose I, kept, I will admit
0: I kept pulling up the enneagram site and just reading through the levels because yeah. I was like, "What number does this?" Yeah,
1: I should have done that. So, what number does that?
0: It's one. I'll, yeah. I'll read it to okay. you. this is why I landed on one is, but it's but to that point, like she could have been a totally other number in season one. Who knows? Right. <laughs> She's yeah. a written character. Yeah. But but here is how here is how it describes uh, level. I'm gonna start at seven when it gets real bad and Mm -hmm. then go down to nine. So level seven for ones can be highly dogmatic, self-righteous, intolerant, and inflexible. Begin dealing in absolutes. They alone know the truth. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is wrong. Very severe in judgments while rationalizing their own actions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Level eight, become obsessive about imperfection and wrongdoing of others. Remember she fired her Mm. lawyer? Remember that?
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Although they may fall into contradictory actions, hypocritically doing the opposite of what they preach. Mm. Level nine, become condemnatory towards others, punitive and cruel to rid themselves of wrongdoers. Severe depressions, nervous breakdowns, and suicide attempts are likely, generally corresponds to obsessive, compulsive, and depressive personality disorders. Mm.
1: What about committing another murder? (laughs) <laughs> that I could hardly believe that that happened.
0: Like, I know you, but I think they did a really good job of making it feel earned. Mm-hmm. Um, not correct to be clear, but yeah. like the way in which April, probably an eight, like refuses to let her think this is going to blow over. There's no way you're going to get yep. rid of this, get yep. rid of me. The the extent to which she says I will move in, I will marry
2: Your the family member. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Like that's pretty crazy and yeah. and I believed her. <laughs> like I believed April when she was mm-hmm. saying that. So I think she literally felt yet again like she had no choice. Yeah and had to make the decision in a moment. I've just been really struck by this show and other things I've been thinking about in my life by how crucial those moments are when you have to make the decision in a split second. You have to make these life and death decisions, or maybe they're not life and death, but they're high stakes decisions in a moment's time. And everything changes based on that. Is just really hard. And And I think one of the things that was Dory's downfall is she didn't know who she was Mm -hmm. and it meant she had no basis on which to make any of those decisions. Yeah,
1: She was completely lost. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's right. All of that one stuff. And I had put in my notes like one question mark for Dory Mm -hmm. because of the later seasons, not, not necessarily season one, but two and three. Yeah. Yeah. And just, she had so convinced herself that she was right yeah. and and also i don't know if this would be a severely unhealthy one thing but it was it was creepy how manipulative she became and how she could turn on the tears and like yeah. in her her last like speech she gave in the trial and she was just crying and like that was 1000% just fake manufactured like she was just doing it.
0: I disagree. I think it came from a real place.
1: I don't think so. I think Um, that was all a show.
0: The thesis of it was, it is so scary what can happen when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And I think Dory believes that is the case for herself.
2: Mm -hmm. Like
0: 100%. I think she believes that. Now, she, she had some key statements in that that were... Outright total lies, mm-hmm. but I think she believed that she's a victim.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But I think she was playing it up to win the sympathy hmm. of mm-hmm. everybody. So
0: yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. All right, what a show! What a show! Our next. Two segments will probably be a little faster, because we are running out of time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This next segment is called Life Advice from the Lens of the Enneagram. Dory, Dory, Dory.
1: Dory. They've all dug themselves in so deep.
0: I think the thing is we can't give life advice where you've killed a man and you're looking him on the floor. They had split second. They didn't have time to call anyone Mm -hmm. didn't have time to even think logically about it. They did it. We get why they did it, Mm -hmm. but you're driving home. You're talking about how you're in it together now. Now, what do you Mm -hmm. do? What's our life advice for that moment?
1: (laughs) Reverse, reverse, reverse. (laughs) rewind turn yourselves in oh so painful to to watch because they didn't even do a good job of burying the body
0: yeah yeah like they
1: were just asking to get caught
0: Uh, they worked really hard i mean there was a point i think overnight where they could have thought more Mm -hmm. they were just putting all of their thought into how do we get rid of this Mm -hmm. um Man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then there were points where the evidence was so strong that it was them, their fingerprints all over everything, they purchased the suitcase that he was buried in, all of that stuff. They could have just stopped fighting that and then yeah. like, okay, we have been found out now. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm more interested in lo- the life advice moving forward than stuff we've already seen. Like, because I feel like Drew is so, he was so close to just, like, turning himself in, I feel like.
0: Yeah. My life advice might be the same I would give them at at the time, which is I think fundamentally, like, the biggest thing they need to really grapple with is the thing they have to get better at. The thing they have to give a shot is thinking about other people. Yeah. They are consistently shocked yeah. that they are hurting other people. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not saying this because it's right. I actually think it would make their lives better. The fact that they didn't think that Keith has a family. Yeah. The fact that they didn't think how it would affect his daughter. The fact that they didn't think his ex-wife would care mm-hmm. and seek them out. Like all of this is their undoing. Mm-hmm. It is their self-centeredness that is the problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like fundamentally, yeah. And I, I feel like, like going down, going, moving further, like in the future, Drew's gonna have to start thinking about the implications of this for everyone involved, and like what's best for the world for other people for, you know what I mean? I feel
1: like I have hope for Drew and Portia. Yeah. I don't know if I have any hope for Dory or Elliot. I don't. I don't think there's hope for either of them at this point. And what's crazy is, so Elliot is obviously like sociopathic. Yeah. But he knows, he knows what he's doing Like, he just knows he's lying all the time and manipulating everyone around him. Mm -hmm. And Dory ends up doing the same thing, but it's like she convinces herself that she she is right. Like, Mm -hmm. that she's doing the right thing. And that's, it's just creepy. Like, it was just creepy to watch.
0: It just results in these shallow, miserable relationships that Mm -hmm. aren't real and aren't gratifying. Yeah. And that's not a great place to be. Yeah. This has been life advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, That wasn't at all through the lens of the Enneagram.
1: No. Uh... Other than,
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) Elliot, get healthier.
1: Get healthier. Just because you're
0: three doesn't mean you have to lie.
1: No, but that's what I'm saying is the Enneagram can't help these people. Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's true. Like right. not Elliot or Dory. Yeah. They're past the point of no return.
0: This next segment will be quick. Who the f- is this for? Mm-hmm. Who the f is this for?
1: See this I definitely don't think is for everyone.
0: Yeah, I know. Are there Enneagram numbers it's not for? If any, it's like seven and nine, right? Maybe sixes.
1: Yeah, because it's not—it's not a positive, uplifting <laughs> show to watch. It's not gonna
0: make you feel good in that yeah. in that typical way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I
0: would—I would suggest it for most people, except for boomers who are gonna feel real s- s- like good about themselves when they yeah. watch it, and I don't yeah. want that to happen.
1: It'll feed into their hatred of millennials.
0: Millennials everywhere should watch this show. And, uh, yeah, just it's a nice reminder. Think about other people when you Mm -hmm. live your life. Yeah. And I think the importance of, like, knowing who you are and what your values are is is also a a lesson here.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: Cool. Well, that's it. That's
1: it. We had so much to say about this show. But I have no many I have no idea how many people have watched it and will listen to this episode. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know, I know. Uh,
0: the degree of like effort to uh, pay off is low, maybe. Mm-hmm. Alright. I guess I'm hitting now. No chill enneagram is an area code production. It is hosted by Richard Clark and Bethany Perkins.
1: Look, Richard's a four. He needs your affirmation.
0: And Bethany's a two. She needs your love.
1: Follow us and send us your thoughts on Twitter at NochillAnyaPod and Instagram at no Chill Enneagram. Okay, hold on a second. I have received a baby picture.
0: Oh. <sighs> Look. Look.
2: Look at that baby.
0: difference between you and me when we see new baby pictures is pretty stark
1: well this is my best friend it's not just any new baby yeah picture. i've had
0: best friends have babies before and i'm like wow cool baby and i move on with my day. <laughs> but it's my best
1: friend
0: i congratulate them and stuff but i'm really happy for you and your best friend
2: this is an area code podcast